2: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms
1: and conditions apply. See website for details. Forged in the fires of undersoil heating. Stronger than the steel of a stadium roof. Their name is uttered in anguish and ecstasy. It's all about the football gods. All they can do is hope they're smiling on them. Never seen, never heard, but with ultimate power.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Football Gods with me, Kate Mason.
1: And me, Tim Spears. And today's guest is a man called Peter Dale. What on earth is that? I hear you cry. Well, you probably know him better as Tubes. Tubes, the man who rose to fame on Soccer AM for many, many years with his hilarious interviews and raps and whatnot and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, He's now um, branched out into golf and has an extremely successful YouTube channel called Tubes and and Golf Life. Um, But he absolutely still loves and adores his football as we heard all about today didn't we kate mason
2: yeah we did we had a lot of fun with tubes actually as well but it was quite um quite profound in places too like some of the things that he said about how the the game has uh has meant such a lot to him and and stanford bridge is like a really part a part of his family as you'll hear one of the first things we talked about in a in a quite special way
1: yeah tubes is um uh, so open about uh, things that have happened to him in his life, and obviously, you know, his, his battle with alcoholism, which is which is um, speaks so eloquently about, including on this on this podcast. Um, and yeah, he's a he's a huge probably the biggest Chelsea fan I've ever spoken to I think he's like mm. <laughs> he is blue all the way through and um yeah obviously he's had some amazing moments supporting Chelsea in the past few years and also with his celebrity status um <laughs> getting yes. to know a lot of the players and former managers and whatnot so there's some nice anecdotes in there and lots of Chelsea stories good and bad but yeah he's he's a proper football fan you know he's no messing around here K.
2: Here is Tube's
1: Football God. Before we sort of get into the key questions, tubes, can you sort of set your football scene for us in terms of like what are your sort of earliest memories? Who did you support as a kid? You know, I guess with pre-tubes days, even even here, how did we? Uh, how did you first get into football? So my my dad was a massive, massive Chelsea
0: fan, uh, like humongous. He was they, my mom and dad were the first people in the world to have their wedding reception on Stanford Bridge. Oh, my God. Yeah, Stop. No, yeah, it made the, made the papers and stuff like wow. that. And while my dad's ashes are actually underneath the ground now. Oh, my god. Uh, oh. John Terry sorted that out for for us. So it's Peter Osgood and my dad's ashes underneath the ground. So, wow. I, yeah, as soon as I was born, my first picture was with Stanford the Lion, the mascot. My dad made sure as soon as I came out, boom, there you go, you're Chelsea. So you had no choice whatsoever. No, 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 that's it. <laughs> I was literally about 13 seconds old, and that was it. Bang!
1: <laughs> we're massive Chelsea fans. So, for for our younger listeners, this is before Chelsea were good.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: when was your when was your first game? Do you know what? I think it was Chelsea
0: Watford, and I think my dad, because he used to love Chelsea so much, he took me. I think I was about three years old, and apparently I was a proper nuisance, so he just went. He took me in, and apparently I was crying, being a pain, and he was guided. He had to take me home. So, um, yeah, that was my first game. But now we've had, we've had season tickets since we were like, I don't know, seven or eight. And I've still got a season ticket now. So.
2: so you've got some pretty amazing Chelsea heritage in that case. Does it, it just feels like not only just
0: your football home, but your home home from the sound of things. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean, every time I go you know, to look over and know where dad is, you know, underneath the ground. It's, it's pretty amazing. And I, I stayed behind quite a lot and just to sort of, sort of, you know, we, we won dad sort of thing. So yeah, it's like our whole family have been brought up on Chelsea and stuff like that. So, it, you know, it's like a family really.
1: That's amazing. It must just take everything to a totally different level for bad games or for special nights. It's just got, it's just got an entire, another level of meaning for you. That must be uh that's pretty special.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, do you know, with my job at like Sky and stuff, and now doing what we do at Golf Life, it was like to have like people coming on like Gianfranco Zola, who's like my all-time hero. So when I was walking down the fairway with Gianfranco Zola, I was just like, I just want to cuddle you. <laughs> and, so, and I like obviously Frank Lampard and he's incredible. And when I had my heart problems, they were all on the phone. And I was like, I can't I can't believe this happening. Like Gianfranco Zola texted me going, I hope you're okay. I was like, wow, this is, dad would be like buzzing, do you know what I mean?
1: Well, our first proper question to you as a football god, I've got, I've got a feeling where we might be going here, some kind of blue area. But yeah, is there a glory team of your life, um, kind of like a specific era or a specific season, You like your team of the gods, basically? I've
0: been quite spoilt being a Chelsea fan, Tim. Um, mm. I loved the first team uh, under Mourinho, JT at the back, Lamps in the middle, Drogba up front. Essie and Ashley Cole, check probably I can't remember what year that is, but let's just say the Mourinho years, the early Mourinho years, the first time around. Because that's like would be like oh
1: four oh oh four oh five. That kind 5 yeah, be so yeah. The one, the one that didn't concede like any goals, basically.
0: Yeah, that one. It was just like, but we played good football as well. It wasn't like you know just shut up, shot. It was just, it was amazing to see, and you know especially for Mourinho to come in and go, I'm the special one. To have the bollocks to say that and then literally do what he did was amazing and it was like that's when you knew like that this is Chelsea are going to be a force for a good couple of years now so it's a bit different at the moment so let's not talk about current affairs yeah
1: but But no it was um I'd say that team so what did it feel like as a fan because Chelsea were one of the biggest stories in the world at that time and obviously they'd just become pretty big started getting qualified in the Champions League obviously the semis under Ranieri but to go from the spending splurge and to literally, like I said, yeah, become one of the biggest clubs in the world and biggest stories in the world, what was it like as like a true blue to see your team sort of everyone in the world now giving an opinion on Chelsea and, you know, obviously some, for some of it was negative?
0: It was a bit strange because you just saw like players after players like Veron would just roll up. You'd be like, yeah. you you feel like a bit like you're cheating on championship manager. <laughs> it was a bit like what's going on, but the quality of football that, it allowed us fans to to watch it was, you know, not every single player that we bought for big money works, quite a few didn't, but it was just a strange time, wasn't it? Like, you know, a billionaire coming in, just going, yeah, picking, like, buy in, buy in, buy in, buy in. But, yeah, it was very, very strange, but I'm not going to say I was complaining because I wasn't. I was like, hang on, we're going to start winning stuff here and we're going to watch, you know, Stanford Bridge every other week. We're going to watch some top quality football. So it was strange, but it was amazing.
2: And what do you? How much do you remember of that season in terms of realizing like that this was real? You know, it's the first league title
0: in fifty years. I want to say. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so.
2: And so, that's not a you know within living memory to you, right? You're just like that's uh, that's
0: generational memory, right? That's mm-hmm. that's been a while. It was absolutely amazing, like, and the way we did it in such style as well. And I remember the game where uh, Joe Cole twisted up Rio Ferdinand. Um, It was just like, it's like, wow, we're just literally dominating uh, the English game. And it was incredible. The atmosphere changed, but then then with the money and all that, I think it lost some of Chelsea's real fans. Like when I was going, when I was a young boy, it was like proper fans, do you know what I mean? Like proper songs and stuff. And then it got a bit like the atmosphere died down a bit. I've got to be honest about that because with the money and then they started charging more. So that upset me a bit, but again, you know, we weren't, we weren't used to watching Chelsea win trophies and being in the Champions League and, you know, going far and, and stuff like that. So it was it was incredible, but I think it lost a bit of its atmosphere, I'm honest. So you've got friends who just who stopped going or just couldn't afford to go or what, what sort of thing happened? Not really, but you could just tell, Kate, do you know what I mean? In the stadium, like you get the sort of like people chucking celery around and, you know, and just like one man went to Mo. It was still good. Obviously, the atmosphere was amazing when we were winning, but... I think we I think we we got spoilt a bit. We just got used to winning quite a lot, and then it was like, oh, we don't need to sing. Whereas back in the day, we weren't winning a lot, so everyone was sort of singing. I'm not saying it like massively changed the atmosphere, but you could see a bit of a change in the clientele.
1: I guess it's one of those, and we and we saw it replicated, you know, a decade later with Man City. That yeah, I guess you are gonna you are gonna lose a bit. However, if you're gonna win the Champions League, that's that's the only way to do it these days, right? Is to. <laughs> So I guess you didn't have any qualms at the time because that's the only way that Chelsea are ever gonna sort of win a league or a champions league again, I guess.
0: And plus everyone's followed suit.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So everyone was going, You can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Right, where's a billionaire? Let's sign him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it was a strange time and it was weird that it was like another player coming, another player coming, another player, you're just like, Wow, this is he means business, this fella. So Yeah, he did. I think God knows how much he spent on that football
1: club. Who was the one signing when you were really like, like, wow, I can't believe this? Do you know what? I think it was in that time, but Ashley Cole. Oh, yeah, because he, I mean, he was so Arsenal, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he was so Arsenal. And I was like,
1: I I, I truly believe
0: Ashley Cole was the best left back ever to play football. Obviously, you could argue about Roberto Carlos, but Ashley Cole, I was like, that's a big statement. Do you know what I mean? He's just left Arsenal, obviously. He said these things that he said, but I was like, he's a proper player. And obviously, Drogba, we were like, we didn't know much about him. And the first, to be honest, the first year of Didier Drogba, everyone was like, what have we signed here? You know, so he was diving on the floor and stuff like that and making a meal of things. And then all of a sudden, we got the Didier Drogba that we saw for years to come, like powerful. And also, and such a lovely man as well. I remember walking into an interview with Didier Drogba. And um I had no idea that I would like no way know who I am. And he started quoting all my raps and stuff that I'd oh. done praying yeah. and going taxi and I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> <it> was so <laughs> mo- it was so mad. I was like, this is studio drug Drogba. I was like, Oh my god. Then we started doing all that together, you know, his little celebration and I was like, What a cool guy. And and also he does a lot for his country. He's given millions and millions back. So I've got a lot of respect for him for that as well.
2: That's so cool to just realise you're part of the football culture of these people that you care so much about. You mentioned Mourinho already. Can you try and take us back to, because this was really like glory, Mourinho, the wit, he had all of the like, the sharp talking. He was just so fresh coming in. Can you try and take us back to what that felt like, having him as a manager?
0: Oh, he's a cool dude when he came. He was like proper, proper cool. He like suave, good looking, lovely hair. And I was like, oh, this guy's... This guy knows his stuff, but it was amazing. Like you hear the stories about, you know, what he'd do in training and he proper like, apparently some of the boys like I used to speak to, like, oh, he's brutal. He proper like gets stuck into us and like his standards were just completely at a different level to what they were expected. And it was like, wow. He was like, you make one little mistake in training and it'd be on you. He set that bar of like, you know, if you want to play for this club, we've got the capabilities of spending more millions. So you've got to earn your right. Um, I think John Terry tells a good story about him and Gary Cale and Mourinho just went basically F off. Like, this is not good enough. I think it was those 2 but it was him coming in as manager. It was again, another massive statement going, yeah, we mean business, we've got him in board. And you know, you he, he talked the talk, but you know, you delivered.
2: Yeah, that must have been a fa- an amazing moment to be a part of. And and he did, as you're saying, you know, you can only back it up with what he has then done and you've got to be a part of that. That must have been, been an incredible season, an incredible time to be a fan. Do you know
0: what? It was quite sad that he we went a bit sour when he came back as well. Like, yeah. I always say, like, it's tough when a manager goes back or, do you know what I mean? It was like, I remember doing an interview with him. It was quite upsetting, really, because he knew I was a Chelsea fan. And he sort of listed all his old clubs, but he didn't mention Chelsea. And it was like he'd sort of like like that us, and that was really sad because what he gave to us. I'd say he's probably my my favorite ever Chelsea manager. It's a shame. I hope hope we can all make friends soon.
2: If you're listening, Jose, yeah, reach out. Come <laughs> yeah. on
0: this podcast, Leslie.
2: <laughs> We've got a lot to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, tubes. You're on. You're on the football gods because you've been appointed to be a god for the for the course of this podcast. Uh, you're going to rule over football, and you get a whole load of things that you can do to the game. Day one, you've become the god of football. What is the first thing that you would like to do? I probably
0: ban half and half scarves. Yes. Here we go. Because that is the biggest load of shit I've ever seen <laughs> in football. <laughs> what are they? Like, what's the point? Like, if you're a Chelsea fan and you're playing May United, why do, of, why do you want half of May United on your scarf? So I would eradicate half and half scarves. And the way it's going, I'd probably get rid of VAR as well. Fine, yeah, good yeah, to have that yeah. just in the back pocket. Shook that in. Now, can I have um, two? Can I have two? Can you the, can uh, two? do what you want, mate? You're, yeah. You are God. I'm gold. I suppose I've got. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, You're, I can do.
2: You are God. but I think it's good that you put the, the most important <laughs> one yeah, first absolutely. because those fucking scarves. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> You've always come up with that idea? I guess there's always going to be stuff to sell, isn't there? <sighs> do you know anyone who supports two teams? Well, a pa- well, now there mo- there are modern fans, as we understand it, in especially in places not England who who might switch because i i work, when i worked out in doha out in qatar there were people who would be one day supporting real madrid and one day supporting
0: uh, barcelona that would go as well yeah you can't support two teams <laughs> you can't you can't change teams you can't be seen wearing a half and half scarf fine and also the blue card they're talking about not into it. I mean, what's I mean, what is this game coming to? You wait twenty minutes to get a decision from VAR, and now they want to bring new cards in. So,
1: I'm, actually, it's my job of God. I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I went to Bournemouth v Leicester last year. Bear with me, and um, I thought I was I was walking up, up to what I thought was a half and half scarf being sold outside the ground, but it was a half and half like player scarf. They had, I think it was like wow. Solanke and Vardy. Right, in the in the mode of a heart never seen anything like it in my life. For bloody Bournemouth v Leicester I couldn't believe what I was seeing to be honest who would buy that
2: I don't understand it so what are you say? you're saying it, it was just a I half and half both scarf both but, but, in, but instead of the
1: names yeah it was it was the two did players it like, did it say like
0: Valanke <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly it's such what a shambles. Is- I went to my first ever Manchester derby last year and I was so excited to go and I thought this is going to be an amazing game it was the 6-3 to, to City and the amount of half and half scarves I saw was the most I've ever seen in my life actually like I'd dozens like a
0: derby like that
1: at a derby like that all just just tourists just there for the day i was in the nice seats to be fair so but they were everywhere
2: they should have called it off they should have got to the stadium and just i did try
1: kate i did try
0: i think i also think that people selling them should be arrested yeah yeah let's (laughs) punish these people yeah i mean they're they're the problem they are the problem they're the pushers yeah it's disgraceful.
2: If you're listening to this, don't. We won't out you, and but if you do, honest, just be honest. We'll be nice. We won't out you. We promise. We won't tell tubes. But if you've ever bought a half and half scarf, please can you email it? Yeah, like? yeah. Email our email
1: address.
0: It's definitely <laughs> we definitely got one. No problem. Yeah, with the JPEG with you with the half and half scarf. Because I
2: want to know. I want some sort of explainer. There might be a reason that we haven't thought of. That's what I always think. There might be a reason. There might be some good reason. That we haven't yet thought
1: of. You're really showing your credentials as a as a proper football fan, tubes. Not that you needed to, but we've done a few episodes of this podcast now, and it's the first time half and half scars have come up, and and it's about time. Um, <laughs> to be honest, because I completely agree. He's got to go. I've um, seen you
0: had Emil Heskey on there speaking about his career. You've got me on just after <laughs> half and half scars. That's what I bring to the table. Come on, the football gods.
1: Right, we're on to question three now. Football perfection tubes. Who springs to mind? Who is football perfection for you? Gianfranco Franco Zola. Mm. I'm actually quite good at kickups. When I was uh,
0: 14 or 15, I think I did a thousand in one go at a family barbecue. And uh, that's all down to a uh, little magician, Gianfranco Zola. Because I used to get there before and watch him. And he used to do this amazing thing. He used to get the ball and he used to punt it as high as he could. And just on the fall, catch it, kick ups, kick ups, kick ups, kick up, bang, straight up in the air, catch it on the fall. So every time I used to go and watch the game, I'd go back into the garden and do it. And Jan Franco is the reason my first touch is after season. So I love him. His his hair, he smells great. He hates half and half scarves.
1: And <laughs> um, so yeah, he's 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 football perfection for me. How would he fit into to, today's game? Where would he play? Would he still be a Premier League star in today's era? Oh, without doubt. Without good honesty, he was like streets ahead of
0: anyone. Like, he was so powerful. He was so small. He was a bit like Eden Hazard. Obviously, nowhere near as quick as Eden Hazard. But he was, you know, that low center of gravity. Like And he used to be stronger than you think as well. Like he he's bashing people off. His free kick, his technique was just like, I actually saw a clip of him the other week. He was taking a free kick. I don't know how old he is now. He must be in his 60s. Up, I'd imagine 50s, 60 he, It's like late 50s. Yeah, yeah. he's still got the technique. He was just... Do you remember that clip when he did Carragher on the touchline? Yeah. Right? Oh, That's what that little man could do to people. Absolutely rip people up. So he, he was just amazing. And I think he's my favourite ever player.
1: And he loved Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah. You could tell how much he bought into it. And he stayed for quite a few years as well. He absolutely adored that club.
0: And then obviously he went back as um, Sorry's number two, didn't he? Which was obviously not a great time because Sorry's a bit of a weirdo. Um, but no, Zola was—he's proper Chelsea. love Chelsea. Every time he comes back now, you see him. You see him at Stamford Bridge because he goes to and from Italy. So all those old school players, like that Chelsea do that well. You know, they sort of like always welcome back the old players and look after them. They come around at half time on the pitch, do their lap. Um, so that's nice to see.
2: And you said you made a bit of a relationship
0: with him. Is that right, with Zola? Yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm trying to, rem- trying to remember how it happened. I think he, I think he heard when I had my heart attack a good few years back. I think he got a number of one of the other like people at Chelsea. I'm not sure. And he like he texts me and. Uh, I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. So then we started started talking. And then he came on soccer AM. I said, I went I went and said to Fenners, I've shot Jan Franco's like Fenners nearly fainted. He's like, You done what? He's like, yeah, he's coming on in three weeks' time. And then he came on the golf channel that me and my brother do now. He's just such a nice man. Even when he did the golf with us, you know, he sent a voice note the the next um the next day, just going, oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so good. My son Love to meet you. He did love meeting you guys. And I was like, "This is crazy." He's like, "Just the nicest, nicest man," and he was still like the best player when he was, even when he was manager. Because at West Ham, they say he was just he was still ridiculously good. So now he's just a lovely human.
2: Okay, so Zola was easy, tubes, but you now have to. Um, you've got a player that you're going to be damning to hell. So this can be somebody who has hurt Chelsea Football Club has. I don't know, has made you know you not enjoy a particular moment in your football supporting career. Or just a
1: proper moron. It, it could, <laughs> could, could be anyone.
0: How about the Man United team that beat Chelsea in the Champions League final and the penalty spot? Can the penalty spot go? The one that John Terry sits on? I think so. Yeah, because that's, uh, when I went out to Russia, that was the worst. It was the nicest, worst experience I've ever had. I don't wish any bad stuff on anyone, but that Man United team, because that broke my heart. And then we had to literally got locked on a bus for like three hours afterwards, pissing down with rain. We just missed that penalty. And people were literally scrambling to get on airplanes. People were going to loot, and like some of my mates ended up in Heathrow. We were trying to get to Gatwick. The whole evening was hell. So the penalty spot can go to hell if that's all right.
1: Done. So this was this was two thousand eight, yeah, Moscow, yeah. Um, they finished one all, didn't it? And then obviously went to penalties. Penalties, yeah. I can't imagine anything more stressful than watching the team that I love in a penalty shootout in a Champions League final. That's a, the the stakes are as high as it gets. Honestly, mate,
0: it was it was horrendous. Sometimes I get flashbacks on it now. Leaving the ground, you could hear all the United fans singing, and it was like literally it was pissing down. I actually thought I was in hell. Um, it was really,
1: really it was
0: difficult. Difficult time in my life.
2: Yeah, I feel like it is always raining when these things happen. Oh, yes. I
1: it is. Think. It is. My worst memory is West Brom beating Wolves in the playoff semi-final. And I had to stand in the rain for an hour to get a train. afterwards, the police wouldn't let us in the station. And it, was, yeah, it was pissing it down. It was
0: okay, always raining. You make a brilliant point there. Because when Chelsea, we got battered back in the day in an FA Cup final... I think it was by United again, like 4-0, I think it was. My uncle had like um, sorted out two limos to take us up there and we were like, amazing. Like this first time Chelsea had been to Wembley for ages. We lost, we got battered, literally had our pants pulled down and it was raining. Well, I guess that's something you could change if you were God. But mind you, what weather would you want if you just lost to the FA Cup final? Would you want it really hot and sunny? (sighs) That's a good point. It's a great question because then you're going to walk past loads of people celebrating the opposition team, yeah, in beer gardens. At least when it's raining, you don't see many people because they're running really
1: quick to get home.
2: Maybe it's the right answer.
1: Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe rain's, rain's good for yeah, them. like, like defeat. Uh, yeah. Uh, a real downpour and thunderstorms would put a dampener on on their day, the winning team.
0: not now we're getting this. Is <laughs> I like I like this podcast because we are talking like the real important <laughs> subjects: hard <half> and hard <laughs> and, <laughs> and weather after cup final defeats. I think it's the right answer. I think if you lost, you just want to be sad and get wet. Mm. So yeah, I'm, so, I'm sort of all for it now after thinking it was horrendous.
2: <laughs> With the Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Um, well, you've just mentioned a horrific moment, but we're going to ask you for another now. A footballing moment that you'd wipe from history, Choose. Oh, can
0: it be the same <laughs> that, that evening? There's been a few games at Chelsea that I'd like to eradicate from my memory. Um, quite a few this season, if I'm honest with you. There's been quite a few games. that It has to be that that night. I'm sorry to replicate the same answer, but that night in Moscow... It was that bad. That whole, the whole situation, the slip, that everything about it. would just have to, just have to go for me.
1: I'm literally scarred by it. I feel like we, we're going to have to lift the mood in a minute because this is, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, probably in hell. It has to be that. It has to be that.
2: All right. So you've sent the penalty spot to hell as well. So you've really fully. Destroyed that whole moment. It's gone. Your whole your whole trajectory as a like Chelsea fan will probably be completely changed because presumably if they're in hell, you get to win. Jobs are good in.
0: Um, <laughs> no one, no one's wearing half and half scarves. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> the last question about getting rid of stuff from football is now you just get to banish one thing from football. So you've obviously got rid of half and half scarves already. There needs to be something you're going to just get rid of from football. See you later
0: job done for, would, be, would be better. People filming the match whilst they're at the match. Yep. Yes. Hell yes. I mean, what, why are you at the match if you're trying to get that moment for social media? It really upsets me. <laughs> That's what I mean about Chelsea, because back in the day, you'd never see that. I know there wasn't, obviously, slow social media, but no one's going to be taking pictures so You know, but I go to Chelsea now and there's people going out like the whole game. Like, I'm like, well, what are you... You're not even watching. You're watching your phone, and the action's there. I just don't, I never understood that. And then they, and you see, like they score a penalty. They're straight on trying to cut, cut it up. Like, da, 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 da. That has to go for me.
2: So, would you have people hand their phones in? How are you going to enforce this? Do you might is it all right to just take like one picture of yourself yeah, with pitch to pitch? I've
0: God, so I can I can sort of like play with their SIM card and their data. So um, I would I would allow them one text during the ninety minutes. I'd allow them one photo and I'd allow them one 15 second video. So you, you, you can get the teams coming out when we're playing Liquidator at Chelsea. Diddly, you can film that, it's fine. You know, the fireworks that they bizarrely do now, the light show. I don't really understand that. But yeah, and then a, yeah, maybe two photos. I might be giving myself away a bit here, but I feel
2: like, could you have, because you might want to take multiple photos to make sure you get the right photo. So could you have like, A number of photos just for one moment, though. So, if you want to get the perfect like photo of you with the pitch beforehand, is that allowed? Because I do like fifteen and pick the best one, or does do I only get two?
0: Well, can you put it on live so then you can sort of should do that. Yeah, your phone. Okay, so live one,
2: like two live
0: photos. There you go, and then you can get home after the football match. Look through, yeah. Look through, pick your favorite frame, then post it, or then show your friends what you've done. But I'm not. I really am not accepting sitting there taking photos. You know that. Yeah, I'm gonna stand for proof. That's that. That's <laughs> that, that's not happening. That's
1: that has to go. Yeah, and like you, you get it at certain grounds. Old Trafford's really bad for it because when someone celebrates near the tunnel at Old Trafford, I've noticed everybody's on their phone taking a picture. You know, if Ronaldo when he was there would would celebrate near the corner, the camera would pan. And every single person in that shot is is, take, is taking a picture of him. And just like enjoy the moment, you know your heroes, your heroes ten yards in front of you. Just just celebrate the goal, enjoy the moment. It's really weird. That's that's going back
0: to banishing VAR. There, that's that's another reason I have to ban it because you can't celebrate anymore at football because you don't want to look like a tit if it's offside. Yeah, and it will ruin people's like photos and videos as well. Imagine that. You think you've got the perfect video, Oh, Ellery, David Ellery's. David Sid Ellery. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the delete file because that ain't going anywhere. That's being ruled out.
1: Amazing. Right, we're on to foods now. Tubes, is there a, is there a football food of the gods for you? Something you associate maybe with with watching games or like something you might eat before a match? What's your food of the gods?
0: What are the um, hot dogs called that? Literally, they just dig a big hole in and just put the sausage in.
2: Oh, have they got a special name?
0: Uh, I don't know. They're like a yellow packaging. You, mu- you put a load of mustard in. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never really, you know what? I never used to, I mean, I don't know if people are listening to this, but I've had a massive um, problem with alcohol. I've been sober for eight years. So... I never, when I used to go to football, was it, you know, it was like a teenager like that. I never really ate. I just got bang on it. So there was not one, there, there was never really a time I went to Chelsea going, oh, I can't wait for that sausage. I was just like, get me to the bar. So now what I do like is the sausage.
2: It sounds good. It's good as well because you don't get it, presumably, if it's all self contained. Is that what you mean? Then you don't really get all clever. the stuff on your. It's really yeah,
0: clever. Your... It's designed fantastically. The sausage is literally down there and you put the sauce in the sauce strips down Lossy. and you you win winning. It's not over all over your clothes. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a really good, smart design. And um yeah, so that's what I probably have. But yeah, I used to just love going to Chelsea, and getting into the pub, if I'm honest. see what they used to do in this pub I used to go to, which was bizarre, but well nice, hot Scotch eggs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's not really a football food. It's, I mean it's quite upmarket. We were on the King's Road in and Chelsea. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, hot Scotch head. Fantastic. Beautiful.
2: So how since you're not you're not drinking anymore, how, how has that affected how you go to the football?
0: Well, first of all, I remember games of football. I know the score mm. the, the, the next day or the further on. But yeah, I I got, I got literally reverted back to what it was like as a kid. I um I go and watch them warm up. And see the you know, the drills they do. And I love it. I used to I used to get there late. I used to not watch the game. I used to be soon maybe like half an hour into the first half, I'd be down by the way. it was a mess. It was a mess. But I know this podcast is about being God, not talking about my addiction to alcohol. But now I've gone straight back to what I used to do as a kid. It's lovely. I go and watch the warm up, get there, take in the atmosphere, watch people film and stuff like that. But no, it's great. I, I love a little watching the warm-up because you don't realise how good these people are and the way they hit the football, it's like, it's just incredible. So I I get there like 20 minutes before, half an hour before I watch the warm-up. So um, yeah, but yeah, no, no, I don't go to the pub. So as soon as the game's over, say goodbye to dad and then back down the motorway. So no, it's good.
2: Nice. Well, that is the, that is the next question, which is um who... You're watching. Who is your choice to watch football with? Now, it could it could be someone you just think would be exciting to watch a game of football with. It could be who you do tend to watch the game with or someone you'd like to bring back to watch a game with. Who, who would you like to watch?
0: To bring back would obviously be my dad. It's been about 10, 12 years now. So, like, what I've done in those 10, 12 years, I'd love to be able to share with him and, you know, show, you know, what I've done and and stuff like that. So... Yeah, that's a bit of a soppy answer, but that's my true answer. It would have to be my dad uh, because he left when I was—I was only like thirty. So, I'd love to come back and watch a match with my dad. Obviously, Chelsea. But I tell you what, they'd have to win because with my dad, he was the biggest soul guy. If Chelsea <laughs> lost you know you just wouldn't go near him literally a
1: proper proper sulk have you inherited that sulkiness juice what are you like after a defeat
0: I'm gutted but I'm not nowhere near like I'm not like my dad my dad was a real sulk like mum would like be like <laughs> but if, if we play bad I'm obviously gutted but we're so spoiled we've watched Chelsea win and you got used to Chelsea winning do you know what I mean so it's a weird thing to say, to see to see the rebuild of Chelsea now is quite exciting, if that makes sense. Like, even though we're you know, we're not top four, we're not gonna get top four, hopefully we might win a trophy this year. It's actually quite quite nice to see in a bizarre way. Um but I don't I don't I don't solve. Um, you can't do anything about it, can you? But that night in Russia.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. out. sixteen years later, still having a talk about that one. Right. we're on the home stretch tubes, two questions to go. And we're moving on to music. What's the football song that you would love to hear? What's your what's your big football tune?
0: Uh it has to be Liquidator. Mm. Um, what Chelsea ring run out to. I love that tune and I listen to it most days. And since Todd Bowley's come, they've started playing they still play Liquidator. They also started playing Foo Fighters. If I was God, after banning
1: all the stuff that we've discussed, that would go. It's Liquidator, and blue is the colour. So, so when did they play Foo Fighters? Is that like the last song they played before kickoff, or that started to creep in pre-match at Chelsea? Now, presumably, that's got no specific link with Chelsea. I just think Todd likes it. Right, right. Yeah,
0: really. Yeah,
1: I don't think that people realise that that happens, you know, that people who run clubs have a real big impact on what's played before matches. It's
2: important, isn't it? Oh my God, guys. Chelsea apparently recruited Dave Grohl's personal physio after they sat their senior medics. This is about a year ago. Well,
1: there you go, Dave then. Dave Grohl infiltrating Chelsea. Who thought that?
2: Interesting. Well, he's supposed to be very nice, isn't he? From what I hear?
1: Yeah, it comes across that way, but what's that got to do with Chelsea? I bet he I'll just
2: say, At least he's not. At least he's not in there trying to like sink. At least he's a not evil, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at
0: least he's not evil. Is, I, bet he, I bet. he's not as nice as Gianfranco Zola. <laughs> it's a great point. Yeah. What would
2: he sing? That's exactly. the main question.
0: He'd be, he be... He be bopping along to Liquid, it, let me tell you.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Final question, and we're not. Um, this is like the opposite of some of the constraints that we've imposed on football. This, you get to pick a game that from your football sporting history that you get to last forever and this is obviously kind of a mad question because it's like if it lasts forever who knows what the final score will be but mainly it's about the feeling that you had
0: can tell you straight Chelsea 4 Liverpool 2 FA Cup fifth round in can't remember what year it was but we were 2-0 down at half time and we were getting absolutely battered and there's funny stories about the Liverpool players going down the tunnel at half time, saying to the Chelsea players, oh, we're just gonna go and have a fag and all that just literally wound them up. RQs came on second half and we battered them. And that's the one time I was in the Matthew Harding upper and it was moving. It was like proper like, proper like rocking. And I was like, This is mad. And I actually think there was only three stands, if I remember correctly, I think. That's if the if image I've got
1: because this was on BBC. I remember watching it as a kid.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was that, the atmosphere was that good that there was only three stands. And I remember my mum was there as well. She came to that match and she was, it was, everything was like bum, 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 like, and I remember the, the Chelsea players apparently walked down at full time and were saying to the Liverpool players, oh, I'm just going to go and get me a cigar on. Do you know what I mean? Just like properly, yeah, and all kicked off afterwards as well. But I remember that atmosphere and I've been to a lot of Chelsea games, but that one just sticks out for me. So I'd love that feeling to carry on just, yeah, but it's like 2-1 down, 2 all. You're like, we've got to try 3-2 and it was 4-2. It was just mad, mad. So that's the one game I'd love to last. I like random games like that. I mean, it wasn't like a final. It wasn't anything, but I just, for that feeling that I had, I was like, wow. Wow, wow,
2: wow. Because it's like relief initially as well, isn't it?
0: You're 2 0 down, and then it's why football is so powerful because you can make you feel shit.
2: Yeah,
1: they could also put you right up there. And in two halves of football, it did just that. Well, cheers, it's been a pleasure. 10. Fantastic answers.
0: Um, some heart, and I'm sorry I couldn't take one individual to hell. So I'm really sorry. No, no, no. no. no it, it reflects right.
1: on you very well as a person. So I think I think that's okay. Because um, you, because you sent you sent more than one to hell actually. So yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the whole team. Yeah. the football Uh, yeah. Right, so we've got your ten answers. We're going to convert them uh, into your Ten Commandments tubes, which we're just going to run back with you now. So your glory team, I think we decided it was the Mourinho team uh, from 0405, the team that won the title. Yeah.
0: Can I switch, please? Of course you can. You can do what you want. I'm going to switch. I do apologise. It's my error as God. I've made a, you know, bad This mistake. is very
2: godly behaviour, so I actually quite like this. To be, to be frivolous and to change and, your mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, God can be,
1: you know, a bit indecisive. But that's fine.
0: The, the, the Zola, Demetrioli, those days. Rude Hullet, Glenn Hoddle.
1: The very fun trophy winning Chelsea team of the mid to late 90s. Um, your first godly act, which we hope that every single person listening to this podcast agrees with, is to ban half on half scarves. Uh, football imperfection for you is Gianfranco Zola. You're going to damn to hell uh the penalty spots and the resulting penalty shootout and the man united team uh from the 2008 <laughs> champions league final and yeah that's also
0: could you imagine the penalty spot just in hell just
1: <laughs> and that's also the moment you're going to get rid of yeah we talked about that at, at some length uh you're going to wipe from history the 2008 champions league final
2: you are banishing from football people filming the match while they're at the match and in fact you might get like two photos we've we've got it all written down we know exactly how much you're allowed but no more than that your godly football food those hot dogs we haven't thought the exact <laughs> word for them but we're gonna find out afterwards but the ones that you put inside the bread so it, all, say, it stays awesome. contained <laughs> <laughs> also scotch eggs with a, another honorable mention you would watch the game with with your dad who you, you still miss very much um uh listening to liquidator and the game that will be lasting forever is Chelsea four Liverpool two, the ninety six seven FA Cup game.
0: Cool! Your knowledge is unbelievable. You've got someone really, like actually God doing the stats there because that's unbelievable, <laughs> ninety six. <like>, that's
2: unbelievable.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeeves,
2: Thank you so much for taking the time. That was a lot of fun. Awesome.
1: The football gods is a voice work sport production.